Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Success Radio Network. Our purpose at JTS is to interview people who are making a positive difference in the world with transformational businesses, thoughts, ideas, and actions that encourage and inspire. My name is Taylor Tag. I'm so glad to be joining you again after a hiatus. We're back again on Journey to Success Radio after losing our friend Tom Cunningham, who's a co-founder of JTS, in April of 2018. And so we're carrying on Tom's enthusiasm and excitement to interview people who are making a difference in the world. And Tom did that for so many people when he was here. And our success story today is very timely. And her name is Marjorie Workington. She's a former nurse turned life coach who helps people live authentically and live through the lens of love. She even started running marathons in her 50s and encourages others to do the same. She's written a book called Saying Yes to Life, Embracing the Magic and the Messiness of the Journey. And so she'll be here today to share some of her wisdom with us. So Marjorie, glad to have you on Journey to Success Radio. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me, Taylor. I'm delighted. Well, we're glad to have you here, and I'm really interested in talking about your life and your work. And so I know that you're a life coach, and you, and you help people um, do a lot of different things, but I'd like to first understand how you kind of got into this work and, and some of the circumstances that, that led to that. So when I worked as a nurse... I also was able to get into the work of, of leadership development and doing workshops and things. Some of my nursing career was in the area of prevention. I worked in public health nursing. We call it public health nursing here in Canada and British Columbia. And what I did is I worked a lot with families, supporting new parents, also working in the schools with parent, uh, teachers and, and students. And I got a sense of, of the importance of really seeing people for who they were and the gifts that they had. And, and there were times in my career where I, I moved away from the problem focus, you know, looking for what was going wrong and, and really wanted to see what was going well for people. And as I did that, I also realized that there were areas of my life where I wanted some support. And I had some transition times with my career where I wanted to move into a different position. And so I got some coaching myself. And so that was very helpful. And I realized the power of someone coming alongside and asking questions and just helping me to see what really was going well for me and what gifts I had in my life. Then when I retired or graduated, I called it from my, from my nursing career in 2011, I was really lost. I was really in a, in a place of now what? And so I hired a coach specifically to help me with that transition of moving from working full time, having a a job to a time of, okay, what's next in my life? And I, I, I found that that really helped me to realize that I wasn't ready to retire in the sense of whatever retirement means. And so then I started looking at what do I want to do? And that's why I enrolled in a life coaching program. I started looking at what my life was like in terms of some of the focuses. I very, very much focused on being productive and getting stuff done. And as I got this coaching in this time of retirement, I realized that being, getting a sense of who, who was I really and what did I want was really important. And my coach was able to help me to access my own wisdom. And that really is the key to, to what 
got me going on life coaching, helping people access their own wisdom. Well, you and I both know the value of life coaching. We're, we, we both do this work. And I'm curious, I, I'd like to, uh, before we get into your book for a minute, I'd like to get into life in general right now. Mm-hmm. This is a very timely interview because life seems to be chaotic for a lot of people mm-hmm. at this moment. There's a lot of this uh, yes. dis- uncomfort. There is uh, chaos going on in the world with the COVID-19. And then also, especially in, in, in America, we seem to have discourse over, over race and equality and coming together in a lot of different areas. And so people feel very disorganized and chaotic at the moment. And so, Really my, my question is, is regarding to that. What are you seeing in the world with your clients as far as being uh, at, not at peace and, and not um, feeling like they're moving in a direction they want to move in? So what am I seeing people experiencing in, in terms of the chaos yes. and the uncertainty? Yes. I see a lot of people grasping for control. They just think about, I could only control this part of my life, then, then everything else would fall into place. And I think it's human nature to want to know, to this living in this place of not knowing is crazy making, really. And so I'm noticing that people are starting to realize that there are no guarantees. Really, the only guarantee is, is that there's going to be change. And also recognizing I think for some of, some of the people that I talk to and work with, the sense of, of maybe some of the things that I thought were so important before are really not as important as I thought they were. And, and so focusing on things like gratitude, celebrating what's going well, even though it might seem counterintuitive and a little bit of a paradox when there's so much going on that's unhappy. I believe that unless I can get in touch with my own desires and pleasure, and if the clients I work with, the people that read my book can really realize that it's both and there's the things to be thankful for in the midst of the suffering. And as an empathetic person, an empath, I have really, really set boundaries around how I take care of myself. And so my husband tells me what's on the news. I don't watch the news. I read the headlines, but really I'm very careful of what I bring into my my mind and so a lot of the people I work with also especially those that have a very sensitive heart are feeling overwhelmed and so then to give each other permission to say you know what I'm going to take care of myself I'm going to not go on social media today I'm not going to read the news or watch it I'm going to go for a walk in nature I'm going to maybe learn to bake something new I'm going to spend some time with my grandchildren that if I can now that's not always possible with all of this distancing so it, it's um I think it's this feeling of of really life is falling apart and it's really emphasizing what really has been true all the time there are no guarantees people distract themselves, they numb themselves, they think, okay, I'm okay, yeah, life is good. But really, when it comes down to it, what do I have control over? Very, very little. Yeah, and I think so that, people have just, you know, they, they, uh, the, the sense of certainty has been ripped away for so many absolutely. people due to illness, you know, people dying and, and mm-hmm. you know, getting sick. And there's a sense of uh, uncertainty that's, that's going around. And I think and I could be wrong about this, but I think you're seeing a lot of people's fears really coming to the forefront because of the uncertainty 
and where things are going and, and going and, and um, where life is taking them. There's really that there's not that sense of direction maybe that they had or felt like they had before. So let's, I would like to jump into your book a little bit saying yes to life. And you, you talk about the, uh, the magic and the messiness of the journey. And so give us a, a glimpse of what that book entails and, and what can we expect from, from it? Okay. Thank you. Uh, this book is, is really a, a chance for me to, to describe in my, in my own words, what has happened over my life. And because I've, I've um, always loved to write, even as a young girl, I always had a diary or a journal or I'd write letters. And I, 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 I always dreamed of writing a book, but never thought I would until a year ago when, when it was time. And so what, I, what I've done is, is written about my journey, really, Taylor, from thinking I needed to listen to the experts, thinking that, okay, I don't really have the information that I need, so I need to find out what the experts say. What are the people in authority telling me? What does, in my case, growing up in a very fundamentalist family, my father's a, a minister, retired minister, I, I, was, I was really... I grew up in an era of, of there is only one truth and that's it. And usually my truth wasn't going to be considered to be the one to follow. So there was a lot of unlearning for me to do. So in my book, I, I use the metaphor of hiking, a hiking trail. And we go on all these different trails. And I talk about discovering, I use the metaphor of my wise woman for my inner wisdom. And I recognize that she's been with me all along. I just didn't hear her voice. And so that intuition, that inner wisdom, whatever metaphor people want to use is something I came to trust. And really, that's what my book is about. And then offering that to my readers, that they also have inner wisdom that, that is there waiting for them to listen to and to trust. Yeah. I'd like to dive in that a little bit more because trust okay. is, is, is thing a, a lot of people are, are not doing at the moment. They're not trusting mm -hmm. that life is going to take them to a good place. Mm -hmm. uh, they may not be able to see the future. Um, I, I'm reminded of a uh, Mother Teresa quote who said, you know, my job, uh, my job is, is faithfulness and trust. God's job is, is results. And so talk about trust a little bit and how we can have a little bit more in our, our chaotic lives at the moment. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so I believe, I believe that for me, it, it, it requires being present to what's happening right now. The minute I worry about what happened in the past or the minute I fantasize and, and, and make, make up really horrible stories about what might not happen in the future, I, I get really anxious. And so for me, this is what I do for myself, is I literally stop and I, I notice what my body feels like. I might close my eyes. I might not. I take a deep breath. I actually feel the breath going in and out. I notice what's happening in my body. And sometimes I'll have an upset tummy. Before we started our call today, I had lots of butterflies. So then I do, do some <laughs> deep breaths and okay, they're still there. And I recognize that, well, those are also excitement. They're not necessarily fear, right? They can be a gift to me. So some, that, that self-awareness, what, what am I actually feeling, thinking, what do I want in this moment? And really, this moment is all that I have. Now, for some people, they might find that 
um, their, their faith is linked to a specific um, religion or a spiritual practice. There might be meditation, there might be a prayer that they have, there might be a song that's uplifting, perhaps it's a, a reading that, that really encourages them. And I would say that finding, finding um, some grounding, something. For me, nature has been amazingly helpful with that. And, and being just, okay, I'm alive. That breath is coming again. Thank you. And it's a continual practice for me. I, I released my book just before COVID-19 entered the world, February of this year. I canceled my book launch. I had speaking engagements that I wanted to go on. I thought I would have book signings. I thought I'd go on retreats and have people buying books. None of that has happened. And I've also had to deal with the disappointment of that. And then, okay, what's happening right now? Well, today I get to converse with Taylor and celebrate the, 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 the good that both of us are, are learning and able to share with other people. So it's very, right. very basic for me, really, is just being in the here and now. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, that's good. I, I know that um, you probably were disappointed when things weren't able to go forward after you released mm-hmm. your book. From my perspective, looking at, at what, you, what you have, saying yes, and probably all the, the, the lovely wisdom that's encompassed in that, it, 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 the time for that is coming. It's on the horizon when people are, you know, tired of being tired and tired of being scared. And now they want to say, yes, that's probably when your, your book's really going to come to life. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think well, thank you. the future, the future is before you with this book. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really encouraged by that. Thank you. You talk about the, the messiness mm-hmm. of the journey. And I wrote a book with, with my friend, Tom Cunningham and Tim Chim called adversity to advantage how to turn that around and you t- to tell us about the messiness of your journey and, and what happened as a result. So when I talk about messiness in my book, I talk about disappointments and, and things that didn't turn out the way I thought that they should. <laughs> and I recognize, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the chapters or one of the trails that I talk about is, is um, accepting, accepting what happened and recognizing that I have no control over some things. And so then I talk about, okay, if I accept the fact that I didn't get that job that I applied for, or we had a huge water leak in our home and we were you know, in upheaval for five months and, and it took forever to, to get my home back again. Like, like it's not, that was messy, literally. And what do I have control over? Right. And so I talk about being in control of my attitude and focusing on that rather than putting all my energy into things that I really have no control over, whether it's a job I didn't get, uh, something, an adversity. Uh, for me, the things that happened are seemingly maybe insignificant. I, I didn't recover from cancer. You know, there's things that, that I'm very fortunate in my life. And I also realize, Taylor, that. Just because I haven't had a major tragedy in my life doesn't mean that I don't suffer and that I don't have disappointments. So tied in with that, with the messiness, is learning about self-compassion. And so I realized that I spoke so unkindly to myself. I was my own worst enemy 
If mm. I talked to my friends the way I talked to myself, I wouldn't have any friends. And so I, I did some work around self-compassion and around loving myself and acknowledging my suffering and then saying, okay, this is, this is what's happening right now. I'm going to accept it. I'm going to have a cry. I'm going to admit what I'm feeling because I never used to do that either. I used to push my feelings away. I didn't I didn't cry, I didn't get mad, and I'm so not like that anymore. And so I learned that expressing my emotions and saying, this sucks, I, I need some help. So it's all of that. And it's, it's really, <laughs> it really is not easy. It, it, it's not a magic answer. I talk about the magic. The magic It's messy, comes. right? It's messy. <laughs> and the magic comes when I say, it is messy. And then all of a sudden, there's a little something that I notice that's perhaps a glimmer of hope. Or, you know, that I can trust that. Like you, you just said, well, maybe my book will, will, will meet people's needs down the road when they're ready to read something that, that gives them a little bit of a boost. Like that, that gives me a spark, I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely see that happening. Yeah. So, so it, there's no one little secret. There's no like, okay, do these five things this morning and then your day is going to turn out well. It, it's, it's that, okay, one step at a time, you know? And I talk about chaos and relating it to hiking and, and um, people who've done any hiking at all know that the trail can just be a massive brambles or puddles or a big steep climb and really if I can go through that then the vista is there or the the place where I can have a a, a swim in an alpine pool or whatever it is that's keeping me going a waterfall right so that's kind of how I how I relate it to and I don't always know what it is I'm going to see around the next corner that's where the trust comes in uh, Pema Chodron is an author that I ha I've benefited from, and she talks about when there's a disappointment, that's not the end of the story. It's accepting the fact this is a disappointment and trusting, breathing, and waiting to see what's next, even if it seems like nothing is going to happen. We, it, it's amazing to me how, you know, we, we all pretty much learn how to, how to not feel our emotions. And so many of us now as adults and later in life are learning how to, how to feel and be present, like you said. And that's, like you said, it's not easy. No. I've had a, a great road with that myself, mm. but success. And even though it's, it, it's not pleasant at times, um, it's, it's good to, to be, to feel more alive when you do feel your emotions, both positive and negative too. Yeah. And we talked about, I guess the circumstances of the world right now have, uh, I guess, changed our perceptions and, and the sense of fear is coming up in us and people are acting out there. There's no choice but to feel it because it may affect someone's livelihood even. Yes. You talk about having a conversation with fear. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I used to, when I would be afraid, just tell fear to get lost. Like, go, go away. I don't, want, I don't want you here. Like, like just get lost. And I, um, I would push through. I would say, no, I'm not afraid. I'm not going to even admit it. I'm just going to get it done, right? I'm going to be, I'm going to be courageous, and I'm going, to, I'm going to push through, and I'm going to do it. 
And, and often I did do a lot that way. And looking back, I would be exhausted afterwards and I would just be like depleted. And I'm realizing now that the fear didn't go away. <laughs> it was still always there. And, and I had to take so much energy to try and cover it up so I could stay in whatever it was I was doing, whether it's a job interview or a podcast interview or a new client or whatever. And so now what I do, and again, it sounds a bit counterintuitive, but I actually invite fear to have a conversation with me. And I say to fear, and sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll sort of personalize it. And, you know, is it a, is it a grumpy old man today? Or is it a, a snipey little girl that just wants to, you know, my inner critic, my inner mean girl. And so then I'll, I'll say, okay, come sit with me. And I'll actually sit knee to knee with my fear. And, and I will say, what is it that you want me to hear? What are you afraid of? What, 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 what's keeping you from celebrating that I have this opportunity here? Like I can do this. What, tell me more. And I, I get in touch with the fact that my fear is actually in a weird way, caring for me, doesn't want me to fail. Doesn't want me to make a fool of myself. <laughs> doesn't yeah. want me to, you know, all of the things that, that, that um, are so important to showing up, you know, in, 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 in terms of my ego. And so then I just say, you know what, if I, if I make a mistake, maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe my crying or my stumbling will encourage someone that it's okay to be authentic and real. And so then I'll say to my fear, thank you for caring for me. You know, you're allowed to be with me, but you, you need to be the metaphor of, in, you know, going on a road trip. You're in the back seat of the car. You don't have access to the radio or the GPS. I call the shots when it's time for a break. You're, you're there, you're quiet, you have no control. And that's, that's been helpful for me because fear does not go away. And if I pretend it does, you know what happens. It goes underground and I get sick. Or I'll get really triggered by something and I'll have a response or a reaction. Where did that come from? And I realize, oh, because I, I didn't deal with that fear way back there. So that's, that's, that's what I do. Well, that's a good image to have a conversation. I, you know, I always say, you know, invited in like, like it's a friend, you know, sit down here and mm-hmm. let's talk about this mm-hmm. versus like you said, most people just turn turn and run the other way or stuff it down or, or whatever. And so a lot of people now and in the coming months, they will, they will beginning to begin to start to feel some will begin to deal with those emotions, maybe be uncomfortable, but then it, it's more about finding some authenticity in your life, like you said. Mm-hmm. And uh, how do we become more authentic in our lives? I know that's a big question mm-hmm. with the, probably a lot of answers, but you've been down this road. And also, you know, tell us where can we find your book and how can we, can we, how can we reach you? How can we find oh, you? Sure. Okay. Tell us a little bit about that as well. All right. Um, well, I'll, I'll do the book piece first and then I'll, I'll give you time, maybe time to think about answering how to be authentic. So my book is available on Amazon and um, I have a website, marjoriewarkington.com, which has a little bit of a trailer for the book and, and lots of information about my work. It might give people an idea whether the book is even something that would fit for them or not. And so my website, I would say that would be a good place to go. I am on uh, social media, you know, the usual places. And um, 
And that's also on my website. So people can find those addresses on, on my website. I have an email. I have a opportunity for people to have a complimentary interview with me, a conversation if they're interested in working with me as a coach. So I would say my website would be the best place for them to, to find me. Uh, in terms of authenticity, I believe it's tied to loving myself first. If I do not have a sense of being grounded and centered and really confident that I have, I am worthy of accessing my own wisdom. So, so it's that inner work that, that comes. And then authenticity is, is something that comes out of my deep values. And so if, for example, one of my values is integrity. And I want people to be able to say that what they see is what they get when they're with Marjorie. And so I am not going to say something if I cannot follow through on it. If I say something and it turns out that following through on it means that, ooh, I might have to give a little more than I thought, or that's going to take more time than I thought, but I, I, I gave my word. You know, sometimes I'll have a conversation with the person. We can, we can negotiate that. But generally speaking, I want people to know that one of my values is integrity. And I believe for me, that's linked to authenticity. The other thing, Taylor, is I'm learning. If I pay attention to what my heart is longing for, if I really nurture my heart, then what comes out to other people is going to be heart-centered. And I'm going to choose activities and things that will nurture me in a loving way. And that will spill over to, to other people as well. So that's what authenticity means to me. Wonderful. Wonderful. And you're listening uh, to Marjorie Workington. For our listeners, you can visit her website, MarjorieWarkington.com. That's M-A-J-O-R-I-E-W-A-R-K-E-N-T-I-N.com. And check her website out. It's, it's very impressive. And uh, she's doing some great work out in the world, helping people become more authentic, saying yes to life, which is an amazing book title, by the way. I love that. I love that title. Um, last question, Marjorie, as we kind of wrap our interview up. And this is a, a JTS original question. And talking from heart to heart, from yourself to the people out there listening and, and we'll watch this. What is it that makes up the heart of your business and, and what from your heart do you want people to know that may help them going forward? I want them to know that they are worthy of being loved, that they are enough just as they are. And that as they get to know themselves, they are worthy of going for what their desires are and to listen to their inner wisdom they'll know then who to go to for help, what to access, maybe, maybe just to spend more time alone. That's what I want them to know. Wonderful. Wonderful. And again, you can, you can find Marjorie at MarjorieWarkington.com and go to Amazon and, and grab her book. Um, I'm definitely going to grab a copy myself to read. And so again, Marjorie, we thank you for being here today. This has been a wonderful conversation and I'm so glad that you were able to join us here on Journey to Success Radio. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're listening to Journey to Success Radio. We'll see you soon for our next amazing success story. Bye for now.